Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, Fightful friends and family? And welcome to this ho-ho holiday edition of Fightful Roundtable. Apologies that we're not live this Tuesday, but got to spend some time with the family. Assuming any of us get out of this blizzard that we're currently sucking on this uh, Friday, December 23rd. Shout out to Alicia, Toot, Ella J, Connor, Casey, who have bared the elements. Will their internet connection hold up? Nobody really knows for sure, but we're going to try our best to get this to you guys. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa nothing whatever maybe it was just a monday for you guys sunday great great hope you had a wonderful time happy go play in the snow happy to have you guys here what better way to wrap up the year than by handing out some presents so uh as we do a little bit of a 2022 recap because guys in terms of newsworthiness is there a year in pro wrestling history that matches up to 2022 i'm sure an old head might be able to tell me connor i see your brain <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's like, does the COVID year count? Because that 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 news affected everybody. Um, yeah, there's so much in terms of individual. You know, COVID I think obviously impacted everyone. In terms of individual events, I mean, we're gonna get into them, but huge power shifts in WWE, uh, working relationships that we never saw possible. Superstars, pro wrestlers, going from one side to the other suspensions walkouts it was just a crazy year and i'd love to get to it first before we do alicia how are you doing today how did you get some sleep finally um yeah i got like six hours it was great (laughs) after 40 hours of nothing it ended up being 44 it was just a wild week between worsty stuff and then flying home before this blizzard because i saw my flight that i was supposed to be on today ended up being delayed two hours so very grateful i made it now we're here so happy to be here and happy to be joining the panel <laughs> how are you 
Um, same as Alicia. I mean, I got a bit more sleep than her, you know, but it's, you know, it's been a day trying to combat and hold up this internet connection that we've all been, you know, we just need to get through this. So start your bets now of whose power might go out first. I'm just saying, because it's been unpredictable. There's been outages everywhere all across the U.S. and Canada. And Connor Casey with the partner's permission. Sneaking in. Yeah, yeah. At the, uh, at the parents' place right now. Um, Dealing with subarctic temperatures, and after this, I get to go to a hockey game. So it goes from cold to cold. All right. right. <laughs> wow, guys, let's uh, let's get into the spirit of all this, right? So, lovely. In the spirit of the holiday season, we're gonna hand out some. I don't know. I like alliteration, so we'll call it candy and coal to three of the best and three of the worst storylines. You know, I love that I bought this, but I hate this black band. It's pretty. <laughs> it's a lot. Hideous. It's too much. But you know, it's okay. Alicia just. We got the red head, I got the red nose. We're vibing out. Exactly, we're vibing. Um, <laughs> we're going to hand out some candy and some coal to the three best and worst sort of storylines of the year. Um, that's enough of that. That my 10 seconds of holiday. <laughs> you tried. Like, oh, you I'm know burning tried. up in this you know? ugly Christmas sweater. Um, <laughs> you know, pro wrestlers are considered some of the toughest people in the world, but uh, I'm no Ishii. I'm no Ishii. The way we sort of went about organizing this we had some of the panels here sent them a list of like 10 of the biggest stories of the year uh we assigned point totals to them and then sort of aggregated those scores to come up with the biggest stories so uh we'll work our way from number three down to number one and let's start with the negative so we can end on a positive note this holiday season uh number three who's getting coal this year um i'm not sure i guess we'll discuss it amongst the group here but Mandy Rose very recently had a very abrupt and sudden release from the WWE. Uh, reports come out that she was posting um, some content on her fan page that the WWE deemed too provocative for the company line. Um, details, I think, are still a little blurry on exactly like how much Mandy was informed in advance of this. Um, was she aware this was going to happen and sort of continued to post the content anyway um was she blindsided it's all still a bit of a mystery but i would love to hear from the panel how do we feel about this um alicia i'm going to start with you obviously you've dipped your toe into this world of creating content on on paywalls and stuff and sort of diversifying your content portfolio um what was your initial reaction to the news and then when some of the details sort of started hitting the dirt sheets it's an interesting story because there are two main ways that I look at it. One, it's kind of cut and dry. If in a contract it says, hey, you can't step over a certain line and then the person on the other end does, I can undersee the grounds for dismissal there. You're doing something that you agreed not to do and you put your name on paper for it. The other way I see it, however, is there are a lot of people still working within that brand who have crossed many, many lines who are still working there. So um, it's a little hypocritical in a sense. But then again, if she's crossing something that she was fully aware she should not be, because from what I heard and from what I saw, the line was crossed, then, hey, I guess that's one of those things where you have to accept it and just say, all right, I pushed it a little bit. This is what happened. And that in itself, that grounds for dismissal is fair. But then when you see everything that she's doing afterwards in terms of her one comment on the whole thing being like, hey, guys, the site's still active. I think she, in a sense, knew what she was doing because if you end up leaving something as big as WWE, which is such a financial change for so many people, almost everyone who walks through that door, but then you're making a crazy amount of money on the side without even having to leave the house. 
I, I, I can see the sense of, hey, let's see how far I can push in and keep both jobs until they let me go. So again, we don't know all the details, but I can, I can see where she's coming from, from the details I've gathered, but I also kind of get where the company's coming from too. Well, TMZ reported, uh, according to Malki Kawa, who is a very prominent MMA manager, also has a number of WWE superstars as clients, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose. I don't remember the timeline, but like in the time of her release, generated like what 500 grand was it that's what i read which is crazy but it's it's believable at the same time because i've heard these stories about how much women are making and that 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 makes sense you know so is it really that bad that she was fired if that's what's coming out on the other end who knows Uh, ella i seem (laughs) to recall this rank kind of high on your uh, downs for the year walk me through your process there yeah i think I think it was my number two, my minus two or minus three. It was between that and the brawl out for me, which we'll get into in a bit, I know. But just because it was so recent and it's it's like Alicia was saying, it's really complicated. Like it's 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 also bittersweet, but it, it's very there's m- multiple layers to this and we don't even know all the details about it. Like it's tough because, you know, she's making money. You know, WWE has been more lenient with their third party apps and people having exclusive pages. A couple of the superstars still do Twitch. I know Zelina Vega I believe still has her OnlyFans but none of them were really posting as explicit content as Mandy Rose was at least that we know of so obviously there was some con some clause in her contract that said you you can do this but you can't go this far you can't go past these certain parameters and I feel like a lot of it, though, too, also stemmed from her stuff getting leaked, even though it says explicitly on there, like, do not leak, do not post screenshots, I will pursue legal action. And somebody, you know, leaked her stuff, which seemed to be, have gotten on WWE's radar, which reportedly led to them last minute flipping the decision and crowning Roxanne Perez the champion and having Mandy Rose's reign end so abruptly, which is really sad in, like, the storyline sense because she had such a historic she was days away from surpassing Shayna Baszler and it just came crashing down you know I get it like it's a, it's a PG company you don't want to go too far she seems to be doing well for herself though so it's it's one of those things where it's sad but it's also like complicated and obviously she seems to be doing well so I think in the long run she can, apparently they said that somebody said that the door was still open for her in the long run though I think she'll be okay you know at the end of the day but still they're kind of setting an example out of her in this scenario. Connor, are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. So this one, I won't lie, it was frustrating to cover from a reporter standpoint, simply because it was so obvious that we were not going to get the full story until Mandy decides to speak out about it. I don't know how long that'll take. I don't know if she'll ever decide to give the whole story, but what we were going off with the reports, it seemed like there were some crucial pieces of information that we just didn't have. We didn't know, we still don't know what her contract explicitly says and if she necessarily broke that line. We don't know if she knew that the content she was making was going over the line and that WWE was going to get mad about it when they found out. We seem to know when WWE learned about all this, but did they know she had the profile already or was this completely a surprise? And then it dives into the whole thing of, well, do they have any right to tell her to do this if she's an independent contractor, which then dives into the whole, hey, should any of WWE's wrestlers be independent contractors or is that just still a thing we've all been kind of letting them get away with for decades? It's a mess. 
as far as Mandy, a mess. <laughs> as far as Mandy goes, though, she's going to be fine. Like yeah. six days, she's made half a mil. She'll be a millionaire by Christmas. Not bad. She's like, <laughs> like we can all feel bad for her. And you know, I I saw the whole you know justice for for Mandy Rose rehire Mandy Rose. It's like guys, she could never take a bump again and be better off than plenty of the people that are in that company right now. She's going to be fine. Yep. So it's 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 a crappy situation. But she managed to walk from away from it pretty clean. If anything, this shows that this is a problem that WWE is going to have to keep addressing. Because like you said, other women have these kind of profiles, maybe not necessarily this explicit, but some I'm sure are going to be asked to walk up or maybe cross that line. And they're going to have to ask themselves, is it more financially sound for me to just do this as opposed to keep getting in the ring every week? And, you know, lots of downsides with being on the road constantly, family time, the bumps, the injuries, the bruises you take. Um, yeah, to sort of tie a bow on this, I actually, Connor, I really like what you brought up about, that, about the independent contractor thing. That That's such a large-scale issue that we see both in pro wrestling and in MMA. I guess working sort of in the ecosystem that currently exists, uh, I think everyone really hit the nail on the head. What I would most like to know is how much was this communicated? Like, I just hope that Mandy was sort of informed like hey we're not sure about this content if it keeps going i don't think we'll be able to work together i I just hope the ball was in court in the court of mandy to make the decision that best most benefited her right to me that that's i think i i just hope the communication was there um also i don't know if i need blush or to fix my white balance but i look (laughs) like i've been out in that blizzard across from alicia too like i just gray and on death doorsteps right now so i gotta you gotta give me some makeup tips after Alicia, or or some just wellness. <laughs> just tips. lots of why. blush. It'll get you going. I swear. <laughs> I was looking. I was, like, I was I was looking pretty rough prior to this. I was tired. Okay, and I just yeah. smacked some blush on. You're good to go. Yeah, my uh, shout out to CBS Sports Brian Campbell who asked me if I had a black eye the other day. I'm like that is that is just <gasps> my face. Oh PC. wow, that is just my face. That's all. What can you do? It's a Gen X you're giving. Shout out to my mom and dad. Great parents. Uh, all right, guys. Speaking of the positives, let's talk about that next. Number three as voted. Uh, we kind of talked about this in advance of the show. We didn't really know. Well, some of you guys did not know how you felt about scoring this one. I gave it a firm plus three. My number one positive for the year. Uh, Vince McMahon retires from the WWE amid scandals pertaining to sexual misconduct. Um, now that inherently obviously is not a positive, uh, but I'll present two things. One, uh, I am glad that these allegations, if true, were surfaced and did not sort of remain concealed and selfishly from a consumer standpoint, as someone who has to cover SmackDown every week, as well as the pay-per-views, man, have I enjoyed the WWE product since the new regime of Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, and company has sort of emerged. I know the talent are a lot happier based on the reports I've read and the people I've spoken to. Um, You know, seems like they're getting a bit of extra holiday time. Like, in terms of the people who work under that umbrella and the people who consume that content, I think a lot of us have really had a boost in morale since Triple H, Stephanie, Nick Khan took over. Um... 
Ella, walk me through your feelings. So I know you had trouble ranking this one, but kind of weigh out the pros and cons for me. Yeah, so I actually didn't rank this one at all. I believe I ranked Cody Rhodes's return in place of this um, because it's one of those things. Like we were talking off air, there's so there's so much good that came after it, but it, there was literally like forty years worth, uh, thirty forty years worth of bs and allegations and scandals and maybe it's also because i had to cover the documentary that just came out on vice tv that there was literally so many stories and a bunch that they just couldn't include in there you know which is like the sexual allegations you know the hush money all of that just came out this year for me was kind of too hard to overlook to put it into the good category. Yes, I do think that the product has gotten a lot better. There's been a lot of refreshments. Triple H clearly has a clear vision. And even NXT, too, I mean, seems to be uh, leveling itself up, pun intended, I guess. Um, But it's one of those things that's kind of polarizing. There's There's so much good, but also I feel like I just personally can't, like, not ignore, but, like, I feel like the bad also equals out the good in this scenario, you know, and it plus with the news of Vince wanting a comeback, he thinks that he can kind of just uh, put this under the rug. Yeah, no. So for me, I it's in the middle, like neutral. I mean, like maybe I'm out of my depths here and I don't really know the uh, intestinal fortitude of the man, but come on. I, I think, I think we're all happy moving on from uh, the Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Sayonara. Connor, where are we at here? I know, I know you did eventually. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sign this one a ranking maybe uh, not with so much understandably enthusiasm as I did. Sure, sure. So, no, I, I put it at plus one um, because, like Ellis said, the there are some serious negatives that have to meet with the positives of where we're at currently. Um, it is absolutely awful the things that he did. The fact that he was able to get away with it for a good 20 to 30 years is reprehensible. Even further back, if you want to talk about the Rita Chatterton one. Um, for me, what finally swung it into the positive was that there were finally going to be consequences. I don't know if you might remember this, but right after the initial Wall Street Journal story came out, Chris Jericho did an interview, I believe it was with True Geordie over in the UK, and it came out right before even more accusations from the Wall Street Journal came out. And Jericho basically said that yeah, it was bad what he was doing with the one former employee, but it wasn't necessarily illegal. So, well, and he's such, he's done so much for the business that we'll all just move on. And when I read that, I thought, well, this is how the entire business is going to look at this. They're going to just sweep it to the side. But then even more came out and the company finally had to say, look, the feds are looking into this. The SEC, and I'm not talking about the Southeastern Conference, is looking into this. Uh, the there was too much there for him to not have stepped down. And the fact that he did, Shaq, you and I, I mean, you said it yourself, the wrestling world had a gun pointed at its head that said 20 more years of Vince McMahon and the gun's been taken away and we're all better off for it. And nobody is sitting here now saying, gosh, I, w- I wish Vince McMahon was back, you know, booking Raws and Smackdowns every week. I wish he was pushing just the most bizarre and brazenly awful gimmicks. You know, I'm so glad that, you know, people, no one is out here trying to say that, gosh, Triple H is just laying an egg and that we're all worse off for it. Like WWE stock is the best it's been in years. The product as someone who has to cover raw each week is the best it's been in years. And we're all looking at next year's WrestleMania with hope rather than crossing our fingers that they won't go with the worst possible option. (laughs) Uh, so it, it all kind of balances out there a little bit. I, I just sort of had the epiphany this morning. I woke up and I don't know how it came to me, but I went, damn, the Royal Rumble might actually be good this year. And I, I know. So I know. excited to see that match. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? All right. uh, Alicia, now that you've had a little bit of time to digest everyone's point of view on this, yeah. uh, take us home on this one. I can understand where everybody's coming from because there's so much good and so much just horrendous bad stuff that came out of this i feel like the biggest thing in terms of why my good outweighs the bad in this one is simply because of everything that came after the product is so much better it of course led to triple h really taking the reins overall and we've seen just what he could do with the one brand prior to everything right then we also another big plus of it is that many superstars who were released or fired or thought their entire lives were crumbling were actually signed with the company once again which one was great for fans but also fantastic for those people whose you know livelihoods were taken away a lot of people don't realize that when you're signed to wwe a lot of people end up moving to florida i know guys personally who were there for two months uplifted their entire lives from different countries and then were let go and everything's gone and that happens that's work that's life it sucks but the fact that because someone now sees the potential in them and that they shouldn't have been let go because they weren't that shiny toy for one second. It's cool to see that now they have another chance because of Triple H being in charge. And then the biggest plus of 
this coming to surface. And the fact that hopefully it won't happen again in terms of with this person, because now people know you should be wary. And if there's any weird offshot chance that he's back, I hope people are on their toes realizing this is what happens. Because I've even been in positions where something is offered and you think, how is this still even happening, especially where we are right now? So um, we know what came to surface. We know how horrible it is. There's probably so much stuff we don't even know about. So the biggest plus out of all of this is that it's out there now. He was removed. Hopefully it stays that way. And now um, I I feel like the pros outweigh the cons in terms of what came out of it, not necessarily the trail of horrible things that happened leading to this. So I I see everyone's point for sure. Um, You know, on the note of superstars uplifting their whole life, letting let go on a whim, uh, just sort of that novelty. One of the weirder stories that came out this year, and uh, honestly, I think I ranked this pretty high in mind just because of how distasteful and disrespectful I thought it was to the parties involved. Uh, Sasha Banks, it, it's so it's crazy that so much has happened. I know there's a bit of juice yeah. on Sasha right now since uh, we're heading into this rumored New Japan Pro Wrestling debut, but it feels like forever ago. That Sasha Banks and Naomi, the women's tag team champions at the time, walk out of an episode of Raw reportedly frustrated with their creative direction. And that, for me, wasn't inherently the negative. What was very much the negative is the way that WWE management uh, sort of orchestrated this public bashing of both Sasha and Naomi to the point where... Poor Michael Cole. I can't remember who was on the uh, on, on the opposite program on Raw. It might have been Corey Graves, but uh, Corey. yeah, Michael Cole and Corey Graves instructed to just absolutely tear down Naomi and Sasha Banks on commentary, public uh, statements released after the fact. I just thought their handling of that was so distasteful. They were inf- indefinitely suspended, and to this point, you know, I think a lot of fans were hopeful that with the change in management, we would see a return. In, almost immediately, actually, for Sasha and Naomi. We haven't seen it happen, but Connor, um, walk me through sort of why this was one of the bigger travesties that happened, not just this year, but in the history of the WWE. Well, the travesty was the pettiness that WWE showed in in the commentary and, and the public bashing that took place for weeks after the fact. Um, but in a sense, it's also a good thing because it, Sasha and Naomi knew their worth, knew their value, and they stood up for it. And how often, you know, do we want people to do that? How often are we ourselves told, you know, that you, you know your worth and you stand up for it when someone tries to tell you you're worth less? You know, Sasha and Naomi did exactly that. They dropped their titles on John Laurinaitis's desk with the full knowledge that there were going to be consequences, but they knew they weren't being used to their full potential. You know, it it wasn't that they were booked to lose the next pay-per-view. That wasn't the frustration. The frustration was that they had been just given the women's tag titles in a division that had been given no attention, hadn't been given any chance to shine on the entire year of pay-per-views prior to that mania. Um, they, They were standing up for themselves and good for them on that. Now, and the other shame is that we we still don't quite know what's going to happen for the two of them. For Sasha, it seems like huge things could be potentially the biggest the biggest arc of her career is in front of her. We haven't heard a word about Naomi. You know, somebody that prior to her walking away, people were like, "Hey, when is she joining Roman in the Bloodline? When does she get to join the biggest story in professional wrestling?" And we still don't quite know. 
I, I think, and if there's any real shame to it, it's that had any of that happened about two months later, do you really think the pettiness would have been shown on television under the Triple H regime? Laurinaitis was gone less than two months after they're slamming the belts on her desk. So for them, it was really just, you know, it's a shame about the timing, if anything else. Because two months after this, they might have been like, hey, you know what? You're right. Let's fix how we're doing this. They might have listened. Alicia. Yeah, no, I agree. It's one of those things where it really is a shame because as you said, when it comes to their career paths, they were on such a trajectory throughout their point in WWE. And I feel like Naomi was always, she's such a gem, but she was always so overlooked in a sense. And then this really just put the spotlight on her of how much of a star she was, especially when you're up beside one of the best being Sasha, right? Like neither of them outshined one another. It was just, it was great what they were doing. And I understand one side of having complications with your bosses or management or whoever it might be. And we'll get into that more with the brawl when we discuss it. But it's one of those things where you can bring something to someone you're not going to agree, but talk it through. The fact that everyone was saying there was yelling backstage and actually came to a, not just verbal confrontation, but just actually people going at one another, like in a kind of a, a very rude, disrespectful way. I understand having enough and wanting to say, okay, this isn't worth it. It's not worth my energy. So I love the fact that both of them realized that and to walk away from something that massive, as we said right before, like a life-changing opportunity that you're so intertwined in, kudos to them because that takes a lot of balls and gumption. And it just sucks to not see them anymore because like Naomi for me, Seeing her anytime, she would have her entrances, the dancing, the aesthetics, everything she did, the wrestling. I, I I love her. One of my favorites. So the fact I don't know if I'm going to see her wrestle again, yet alone where if she does, that's crazy to me, uh, especially when you're that far at the top. And you're right. The bloodline thing, too, is a massive shame to uh, to not be able to know if it'll ever happen, especially with how backtracked it is now. So great they walked away. Good for them. Stick to your guns in that regard. But I, I don't like not knowing what is going to come, what is going to happen. I, I like I like knowing what's going on and we don't know anything here. So hopefully we'll get some news soon. But it was a dramatic shift in terms of something like that can change overnight within a company. Does anyone have like even the thumb, like the faintest thumb on the pulse of where Naomi is or what is happening? Like it's just been the closest I had heard was that she and Sasha weren't on the same wavelength in terms of whether or not they wanted to come back to the company. But that's a mm -hmm. that's a secondhand source of a secondhand source. So that's you know that that's as that's as far as I think anybody's said so far about her. I'm I'm all for this bloodline comeback if it works down. What a great time part of that. Please, <laughs> can you imagine the wrinkle <laughs> that throws in with her and Sammy? Love it, Ella. Uh, what's your take on all this? I know I'm pretty sure you voted for this one as well. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like there obviously there is some positives coming out of this, you know, um, for a while, both of them were exploring options outside of professional wrestling. I mean, they got to walk New York Fashion Week, you know, Sasha Banks now has she's dabbling into music. She said she's um, she just filmed her first film. You know, she has a makeup line coming. She's hoping to you know, she's going to Japan reportedly. You know, there's so many possibilities but the thing, like, the future for Sasha Banks, I believe whatever she does is bright, you know? She kind of alluded to this and, you know, kind of gave a warning at the beginning of this year to Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, hey, you know, like, I know my worth. And obviously, WWE 
was put into position where they, you know, they were finally giving some substance to their women's tag team division and Sasha and Naomi, especially around WrestleMania season. There was so much hope that WWE had finally regathered and refocused their women's tag team division that had been floundering for a whole year pretty much like Connor said, they hadn't defended it on pay-per-view since the a whole year before at WrestleMania 37. That's and there ridiculous. Was, I know. And it's just, it's been an afterthought. And we finally got some rejuvenation, some hope for the future, the course of the women's tag team division. And then WWE decided that, oh, we're going to have our, you know, women's tag team champions, you know, it's fine if they wrestle, you know, in the six pack challenge, but it was reported that Naomi was going to win that. And then challenge Bianca Belair the next month in singles competition, putting the women's tag team divisions on the back burner for a whole month or two, which, you know, if you want to have a person go uh, Naomi wrestle for it, we've seen people go after two championships on one night, but there was no course for the women's division, no creative for at least a month or two at that point, which is so frustrating because they had put so much effort and time into rebuilding and rejuvenating this division. And then they just had enough. And frankly, I don't blame them. You know, you spend so much time and hope and work into this thing that you're trying to cultivate. And then WWE just reverts, you know, like a couple steps forward, a million steps back. And the question mark around Naomi is just kind of concerning because we don't know, you know, it's her business. You know, we seem to have a better vision for Sasha Banks going forward. I think, like we said about Mandy Rose, Sasha Banks is going to be fine. Mercedes Renato is going to blossom whatever she does in wrestling. She's built so much stock outside of professional wrestling that she's going to be fine, but we don't know what's going to happen with Naomi. You know, I think that wrestling fans will welcome her back in. She'd, she'd return, but how does that happen now? How does that come across television when she was like disrespected on on public television from the commentator so it's like there's some good but still at the end of the day it's it's really unfortunate too at the same time you know a, a supplemental down on that to, to finish on this topic like I, I kind of alluded to it at the top but not like what a shitty position to put your announcers michael mm-hmm. core and Corey graves in where yeah. they're company men and they're gonna do what's told but to have to go out there and just absolutely dump all over two people who I highly doubt they had any friction with and to do it in front of a global audience, just petty to the nth degree. Um, And as we teased Sasha Banks on her way reportedly to Japan for some new Japan pro wrestling dates, guys, Japan has turned into something of Switzerland in the pro wrestling landscape because it is fair ground, equal playing field for everyone. And as Rocky Romero recently teased, we're going to get AEW superstars. At Wrestle Kingdom, we're going to get WWE superstars mm-hmm. at Wrestle Kingdom. Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson, whatever's happening with Sasha Banks. Like, for a long time, sort of, Tony Khan was the one kicking down this forbidden door. We had the joint pay-per-view between New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW. But for me, the best part of all this is now, in little ways, with WWE sort of further loosening up. And to people who said that, you know, WWE would never let their talent do outside work, that wasn't necessarily true we saw them do stuff with evolve in the past but to this degree like i did not think by the end of 2022 we were going to be talking about wwe superstars and aew superstars under one roof we'll go back to alicia how exciting is it to see all these different companies be able to play together to a certain degree 
if I could uh, drop an F bomb right now, I'd say it's effing great. So it's that's what, that's where I'm at right channel. now. You can talk about penises. You can sell dick <laughs> pills, no. whatever you want. I feel like I'm just. I'm, I feel like for personal reasons, I'm trying to not drop them as often. Um, no, it's interesting because we all love wrestling from different promotions and different wrestlers from different countries. And for years, you wouldn't see any interaction amongst the two. And now we actually have so many more of those dream options potentially on the table. Those dream matches when you see a guy from AEW facing a guy from impact who was performing at new japan or mlw the night before like it's it's wild to me to think of all the potential just within that in itself and it kind of leads to this giant melting pot uh yeah also in a way leaves for that element of surprise for us fans to be psyched like i feel like now you have more of those markout moments where i don't i don't get as energized in wrestling anymore as i used to which is a shame but now because of this and what i've seen throughout 2022 with those matchups that you just don't expect it leaves that that mystique that's been gone for so long for me. So for just that reason alone makes me really, really excited and happy uh, just kind of thinking of what we potentially could get in the future. And just alone to think this was out of question a few years back, even last year to have these these different companies even acknowledge one another, yet alone stop spreading the hate that's always kind of been happening. Um, one of the things I loved recently was seeing Soraya post something where she was asked, so how much... Uh, shit talking is going on backstage when it comes to being at AEW at WWE and she's like there's really no animosity like us as wrestlers we just want our friends to be happy mm -hmm. and now they'll be able to see each other more that crossover will grow and I think that's cool too so from an internal aspect I think is great for the wrestlers and then for fans and for journalists to give us something more to talk about like it's also exciting in that matter too uh, shout out to my all-time favorite cross promotion name drop when uh, Kurt Angle tells Kevin Owens <laughs> and Sami Zayn that there might be opening at a TNA form if they're unsatisfied in the WWE. <laughs> Perfect little dick. Uh, Ella, when I say Forbidden Door now at the end of 2022, what goes through your mind? Is it still more AEW? Like, what is it that excites you here? It just in general, like Alicia was saying, like even it really started, I feel like, especially in 2021, you know, we saw Impact Wrestling and AEW. We saw we saw AEW representatives, Impact, um, AAA, you know, at like NWA and Power, like all of this stuff. So I feel like it really started, the groundwork started playing out in 2021, but really like at the beginning of this year, you know, I feel like another big thing, we've seen a lot of the crossover for the men, but we don't see a lot of it for the women. Mickey James was in the freaking Royal Rumble, like... Yeah. Uh, granted she's a former wwe star but impact wrestling to have that representation in wwe and wwe to allow that just seemed like you know open the floodgates for it and if there's one thing that this year has taught me it's to never say never in wrestling whether it's good or bad but for that reason like the forbidden door has been great and you know we've seen stardom come over to aew you know new japan all of that shinsuke nakamura is freaking wrestling the great muta like what like literally what even coming up in a couple weeks you know it's it's a great thing it makes me happy it's not like like I said, never say never now. Your dream matchups might actually happen. I mean, crazier things have happened. You know, we've seen matchups we never thought we would see. And now it's kind of like, oh, you know, maybe there's a possibility this could happen. Even like Alicia was saying, like people could be like companies could be rivals or, you know, but it seems that they a lot of the times have been putting now their personal matters aside to put on a great product and a great headliner and, you know, potential matchups that you might not have seen in another time. I, uh, I see 
Alicia shivering to my right, and let me tell you, I don't, know who cranked, <laughs> I don't know who cranked the heat up here in this office, but I'm down to just my t-shirt. I, I use the one shots to oh cover my, my costume change, and I don't want to subject anyone to what I feel like subjecting them to if this keeps going on, guys. I'm dying. We still got half an hour. We're going to get through it. Connor! Forbidden door, man. Uh, how amped are you right now? So I'll, I'll answer that with a bit of a story. Um, Slammiversary 2021 was here in Nashville. I got to attend. Uh, it was headlined by Kenny Omega as the AEW World Champion, defending the Impact World Championship against Sammy Callahan. And the ma- the show didn't just end with that. It ended with Jay White making his surprise debut for Impact. And it happened in about a, a crowd a size of about 30 people <laughs> because COVID was still happening. And I feel like there was so much excitement and optimism built around the proverbial forbidden door, but it was being held back by the fact that there was a pandemic going on on a worldwide scale. And what at first seemed like Kenny Omega is about to get every world championship in every company and somehow Matt Hardy and private party are showing up on impact. Moose is wrestling inside of uh, the Jacksonville arena that they always work at Daly's place. Suddenly it felt like, Hey, all the doors were up and everyone was allowed to go through each side. And, but it all still felt like it was being shackled by the fact that fans really couldn't be there to enjoy it on the scale that we'd all want to see them at. 2022 finally gave us that. I would argue that Forbidden Door was AEW's best pay-per-view. And now WWE, thanks to their new management, is opening themselves to those opportunities too. Did anyone care about the Carl anderson Hikuleo match? before they jumped to wwe no not really i didn't even know what was happening but some we we all suddenly cared and we care a lot that he's gonna defend the title as a wwe guy against tamatonga wrestle kingdom has suddenly become this central hub where it's osprey versus omega and a match that is years in the making if you follow them both on twitter and listen to their interviews because they are petty (laughs) we get ftr back over in japan which is always a blast whatever the hell is happening with sasha is probably more than just, hey, she's going to be spotted in the crowd. Like, this is some exciting stuff going on. And the fact that every company is getting in on it now, not just the smaller ones here in the States, like Japan's getting in on it. WWE is actually open to this idea. And they're it's not just one-sided. They're addressing the fact that Carl was doing this. They're mentioning that, hey, if you were a guy that was over in Japan winning all of their titles, Michael Cole isn't afraid to bring that up now. Like, we're actually acknowledging that this is one giant wrestling community and not just these little fiefdoms that don't acknowledge each other until somebody jumps to a different one and then the fans get excited. Like, I love that this is the direction we're headed for this entire product. Guys, I'm so amped. Now, before we get (laughs) to our top picks for the year, who's getting the most candy, who's getting the most coal, gotta take a quick segue our homie Sean Rossap, who's going to let you know about the holiday season special he has in store. I'm not going to be able to hear this. Neither are you three, but, you know, it's for the people. <laughs> NordVPN.com slash Fightful. How about this? 30-day money-back guarantee. Four months free. Watch your favorite shows abroad, whether you're traveling or you're at home and you want to watch something from overseas. Access this on all of your devices, phone, laptop, desktop, PC, tablet, doesn't matter. Three great tiers, a pass, a locker, a VPN, or all three. 
block annoying pop-up ads, block malware, block online trackers, keep your data safe, browse anonymously, browse securely with nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Shield your data from snoops and criminals. You know I'm a snoop. I'm not a criminal, but I am a snoop. So unless you want me getting your scoops, get nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Secure all of your devices. Check it out. It's a great deal. How can you afford to miss this? You're going to end up saving money with nordvpn.com slash Fightful and having a better browsing experience. Thank you, uh, Sean Rossap. Now, I definitely did not have to uh, pull the panel in which only Connor Casey answered me. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> listen, there have been some great re-gimmicks here in pro wrestling history. We had the dentist Isaac Yankum go to Kane, the prototype John Cena to the rapper John Cena, master of thugonomics. Remember, remember, remember this guy? Remember this? How could we forget? Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns, who, I mean, is... Now, going down to history, was one of the all-time greatest superstars in WWE history, was once uh, busting out suffering succotashes on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> but let me tell you, the greatest, greatest gimmick change of all time is when VPN services went from catering to, like, this is how you can hide your porn browsing history, and this is how you can illegally pirate <laughs> music, to, hey, everyone needs this to pr- protect themselves from cybersecurity threats. Um, Connor, you remember that, Connor. You remember that. <laughs> it's connor casey's the, reaction for me i, I me played too. the fifth shit <laughs> <laughs> all right well what, what, connor. uh guys let's hand out these final two awards like i said i want to end on a high note so we'll finish with um the biggest recipient of coal this year and let me say this was the only one that the panel unanimously <laughs> voted as the number one down for all of 2022 boy how far we have come it feels like just yesterday that cm punk was generating one of the most emotional crowd responses of all time when he made his comeback at the united center in aew we thought we'd never see the guy again yet here he was in front of us visibly emotional who wasn't really hugging people jumping into the crowd and yet somehow in what feels like the blink of an eye we've gone from the return of cm punk to the exodus of cm punk he had uh what has now been very affectionately dubbed brawl out the press conference where he basically just went at the young bucks and kenny omega verbally before you know uh we had some biting some punching allegedly possibly a poor dog was caught in the crossfire i really hope that isn't true um i don't know if we're ever gonna see cm punk in a pro wrestling ring again i have this weird faint hope that they all just kind of get over it um i'm i think i think we're gonna start with who do we do you guys remember who i started last on this one i told i i need to have a coffee Connor. Like Ella J on the ball paying attention. Okay, then we will start with Alicia then. Alicia, um, walk me through your real time reaction on this because it was so ridiculous when the reports started coming out that there's fights happening backstage and people are biting other people. And here we are now. (laughs) I feel like, you know, uh, AEW is sort of finding its footing again but we went from like zero to 100 back to zero on this one yeah so for me i remember i was getting ready for a round table and then this news broke like right before we were about to go live and so we thought oh well i guess uh 
our whole show's getting scrapped and this is what we're talking about because it was just making headlines everywhere. And I just remember thinking to myself, these are grown-ass adults. Are you in high school acting this way? Because the whole thing was so childish to me. And I don't care what kind of heat I, I get from this. I just think Your when BPM. you are that pissed and livid at something or someone, you resolve it in a way where you simply speak on the issue. That's all you got to do. Just bring it to management. Talk to the guy that you're mad at. And then it got to the point of this brawl. It's just so so nonsensical to me. And I, I, I love some tea so much. And when it gets to the point where I just have to step back myself and even think, this is just downright stupid, like grow up. That, that's what it comes down to. So stop acting like children behind the scenes. You're in a workplace setting just because it's wrestling doesn't mean that you could take someone down because you don't agree with them on something or you've had it up to here. You are literally one of the top prospects getting paid top dollar to come in, wrestle and do what you do. And you still have something to bitch about after the reception that you've been getting like i i can't speak on to everything or what someone was putting him through or what was said but i just think to bring it to that state is a, a level of ridiculousness i just don't have the patience for so after kind of seeing how it was handled and hearing the little things that have happened over time with him and that being the catalyst for him to actually walk away i i really don't care if we we see him back or not you know i, I don't at this point it's it, so much drama just I, wrestle bro <laughs> <laughs> I'm so torn on this because on one hand, like I think everyone from at least from the stories that have come out, everyone at fault, everyone involved deserves a ton of blame. Um, yes. Obviously, the those who physically assault their coworkers probably should not be in the workplace. On the other end, hey, the the office cat has come to visit. Hi, Leo. How's it going? Aww. Um. On the other hand, like as EVPs of a company, is it really the right move to? Go and confront someone in person who's clearly very on edge and heated at the end of a big yeah. night. Like, so many, so many. Oh, there were so many horrible missteps throughout that entire scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. The petty side of me would lie if I didn't say I absolutely loved the trio's tag team match between them and Death Triangle, where the young yes! bucks are like flubbing on buckshot lariats and Kenny Omega is biting people just. Just perfect trolling. Just some salt in the wound. It's it's great. Yeah. Uh, Ella, how do you feel about all this? It was really sad for me because CM Punk is really half the reason I got into professional wrestling, which he was part of him and Jeff Hardy were part of the first match I ever saw. So it's like part of me is like nostalgic and like sad because I have that like, am I getting that right? uh, It was after it was actually the loser leaves town. uh, Hell in a cell match cage match. Um, So it was still around that time. So for me, it's like emotionally connected. Like this man got me partially into the door with wrestling and like got me on my way into this. And also, but also like the whole thing was just a mess. I mean, and he came at Hangman Adam Page, who is literally like the sweetest human ever, um, which is also like, which is also very sad. The whole thing is just a mess. It's very disappointing because he came back, you know, to so much adulation and excitement Gosh, I remember that we all knew he was coming out that Chicago night in his hometown. But even when his music hit, you know, we were all expecting it. But he's still just the enigma and the presence of him coming back after what, seven over seven years, seven and a half years. Gosh, I remember I was watching that. Everyone was so excited. We were all rooting for him. And then to have it end this way is just so sour you know what could have been you know and barring you know he got injured and you know his reign got messed up and stuff but what started as something so exciting you know reinvigorated a lot of professional wrestling fans who grew up with him like even myself 
what a sad ending what a messing ending and i was actually at the dynamite after the brawl out in buffalo when all of this was happening when all the changes were made and it was just like a weird scenario we were all like we were all tuning in though you know it made for like good ratings but still the way he went about it like alicia was saying like could have happened you know behind closed doors but also you make a good point too Shaq you know like clearly somebody who's on edge you know the EVPs have a certain standard they have to maintain and you know on everybody's end excluding the dog I hope that poor dog is okay Um, that's the biggest travesty of this whole thing (laughs) we still don't even know if he's officially if we still don't even know what it is he apparently they're trying to buy out his contract you know he seems to be fine he was just at some mma thing right but mm-hmm. it's just the whole thing is just so unfortunate still yeah. uh, ella who's on the other half of that jeff hardy poster over your left shoulder there just jeff hardy uh, just jeff hardy uh while we since it's the holiday season let's uh unearth some childhood baggage where someone once told me not to do the jeff hardy dance because my armpits stink <laughs> Oh my there gosh. we go. It's okay. Shout out to Matthew. He's a he's a good guy. You know, kids will be kids. What are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> you know, I I I really struggle with this. Uh, you brought up the Hangman Adam Page thing. I often wonder what the real return on investment is when you bring up all the behind the scenes stuff in front of the cameras. Like certainly it gets a pop, and that goes a long way to sort of uh, invigorating the live crowd, and that translates on screen. But like. I really think these guys need, there should be a policy in place. Like, hey, if you're going to bring up something legitimate about someone, let's just discuss it real quick backstage first. Because I, I I do think to some degree, um, while it may sort of cater to the hardcore audience, like that doesn't really go that long of a way to translating to a bigger market that AEW is going to need to reach. Um, and, you know, we've seen stuff happen backstage with like Sami Zayn and Eddie Kingston reportedly, like... There needs to be communication, guys. Communication is key in all aspects of life, right? So let's let's get that done. Alicia, Alicia would know because of our DM history. We had a we had a little heart to heart where I'm apologizing for nothing and she's apologizing for nothing. It was a good time. Canadian, very, right? Very, very Canadian. Um, yeah. Connor, my rude American counterpart. How do you feel about Brawl? Um, you know it. So I'll start off with this because I saw this conversation come up a lot over this past month. Everyone's doing their year end uh, reviews, their top five rankings of the year. And I've seen some people try to make the argument that this is the biggest story of the year uh, overshadowing Vince McMahon. And I have to say, you could not be more wrong in that. Fact. Yeah, that's wild. 20, 20 years from now, we will look back at 2022 as the year that Vince McMahon left WWE mm-hmm. and a new regime took over. People will look back at AEW 20 years from now and go, yeah, that was a weird year, but they moved on. The, the entire direction of the company did not alter because one guy got into a fight backstage and a couple other guys got suspended for a few months. Bigger things have happened. Anyway, getting back to this one, I remember watching it live in that YouTube feed where the bass was cranked down just a little too bit, so everybody sounded like Cookie Monster. Um, and I just remember thinking that if he had just stopped after he explained the Colt Cabana situation, I think so much of this could have been avoided because I think in some regards, he was right to be angry about that because that was the big, that was one of the kind of, you know, backstage murmurings about like, Hey, why is Colt no longer on TV? Why has he been off basically the entire time punk has been here? I had sources 
not named Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks who claimed that, yeah, Punk was the reason that you don't see Colt on AEW TV anymore. And Punk felt like, okay, this is as good a time as ever for me to try and clear the air and say, this was not my doing. I'm not responsible for this. Now, whether you not whether or not you think he might be lying is an entirely different conversation. But he was trying to stand up for himself in mm-hmm. that regard. And if he had just stopped at that, so much of this would have been avoided. But he couldn't help himself. His ego would not allow him to stop there. He had to go after Hangman. He had to go after the Bucks and Kenny. He had to, and weirdly enough, he says something really sweet about Adam Cole, like in the middle of all of that, and then just goes right back to ripping on the entire rest of the company. Um, And I just, it was just such a shame. And then to see the shambles it left AEW in after the fact, where they have to completely redo their main event title picture. They have to come, they have to completely divert direction for what they want to do with their brand new championships they couldn't say much about it officially because legal situations were pending. We don't know if a dog got his tooth knocked out. We're wondering why the hell a backstage trainer was biting Kenny and why he's showing up a week later on a gaming stream in Japan with a big old bite mark right here. It was just such a crappy situation. And you could see immediately where it could have been diverted. Now, did a lot of people make some bad decisions that night? Absolutely. Punk should have stopped talking. Nobody who's in a position of a vice president should be banging on anybody's door after the fact. A trainer should not be biting anybody. Tony should have his phone on him so he can respond to the situation, which is why he didn't know anything was happening until after the press conference was over. Mistakes were made all the way around, and it was a crappy situation. Thankfully, if there's any bright side to the end of this, is that AEW seems to have successfully moved on. We've obviously got the main event angle for the next year mapped out. Kenny and the Bucks are back and they're doing their thing. I I don't think I've ever seen Kenny this healthy looking in the ring, which is awesome to see. It just sucks that what was so beloved as this big return in what seemed like could have been a, a story years in the making and could have extended at least three years from now gets cut off right here. That sucks. I have never sympathized more with anyone than when Tony Khan is sitting there listening to CM Punk, his prize star, go on this like anti-AEW tirade. It <laughs> reminded me of when I was a kid, and no, not when I would get abused for my smelly armpits, but when you'd be at like a friend's house and their parents would storm in to complain that they hadn't taken out the trash or done the dishes, and then they, they, they point at you because those parents suck, and they'd be like, Shaq? Do you do the chores when your mom asks you to? And I'm like, yo, friendly fire. (laughs) No, but keep me out of this one. Um, Guys, we only got one more. I do want to, before we get to the biggest pro of 2022, I do want to throw out some honorable mentions. I did get votes, but didn't make the cut. Uh, First on the positive end, Cody Rhodes makes his return to the WWE. Shout out to Ella for sneaking it on there. Um... Wow, I mean, not only was the spectacle... I was actually just watching it the other day. Not only was the spectacle of it so great, but what it implied to have one of the real, like, I'd argue the, other than maybe Dave Meltzer's uh, poking and prodding, the fundamental reason that AEW is here today, the spark they gave it life, Cody Rhodes going back to the WWE with his presentation from AEW, getting to tell the stories he wanted to tell, what... Uh, and shockingly, under the Vince McMahon era still, what an amazing sort of shift 
in the industry where now there is not just one alternative if you were a pro wrestler, but there are two alternatives on a national scale in North America. That was amazing to see. And on the downside, this was mine, again, because I am petty as much as I try to suggest that I am not. <laughs> I hate all this Ring of Honor stuff on AEW programming. <laughs> for the love of God, if I wanted to watch Ring of Honor, I would sign up for Honor Club, the new home for ROH and the old home. Just get Check. it off my screen. This is no... Check. Are you insulting the king of television, Samoa Joe, right now? All right, listen, I love Samoa Joe. Do you Samoa find Joe. that to be wise? I, I think Samoa Joe, the king of television, has a TNT title that he can uh, defend on AEW programming. It's just, it's so much. It's just too much, guys. Like, I want to watch AEW. I want to see AEW titles present, defended. I'm down to watch Ring of Honor. I can go do that somewhere else. It just, ugh. Yeah, if I press play on a program, I want to see that program. And then if I want to watch the other one, I'll head over to that one afterwards. Or I'll, v I'll PVR it. But I don't want them simultaneously when it comes to these two mixing. So I feel ya. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you. But, guys, that's that's not the energy I'm trying to present on the holiday season. Thank you for letting me get it out. Let's go to something positive. The most positive. And, hey, um, maybe, my fellow Canadian, you may find... Will you find yourself to Elimination Chamber this year by chance? I don't know yet. I would love to. I'm, I'm, I'm debating it for another project, so we'll see. <laughs> because rumor has it, I think the brightest star of all of 2022 will get his big moment in a headlining spot. We will see how that pans out. The storylines are very fluid. But in a year where the bloodline was really starting to wane in enthusiasm and in repetition, a jolt of life in the form of Sami Zayn came and completely revitalized that group. And consequently, brought a lot of other wrestlers up with himself. Uh, Sammy has been such a joy to watch with what he's brought the bloodline. There are all these new dynamics at play. There is the arc between him and Jay. There is sort of his politicking up the bloodline ladder. Now you're seeing Jimmy sort of um, have some hesitancy in all this. The Kevin Owens rivalry is sort of feeding into it now you have john cena returning like it has just made smackdown for me and now more and more raw must see programming we'll start with connor on this one please just please just celebrate Sami Zayn with me man don't let me do this alone oh no absolutely like i think that the funniest thing about this year is that the best segment on television was about <laughs> a guy getting handed a t-shirt like, right think about that for a second he was handed a t-shirt and the world rejoiced and it, it is just it, it goes to show that even the best plans sometimes just fall into your lap like sammy has said this in so many interviews this was not how this was supposed to go this was supposed to be a, a three-week thing and then he was done but his camaraderie with the rest of them it, it didn't just elevate every scene that the bloodline had. It elevated everybody's acting because suddenly Jimmy had to work on how can I always be suspicious of this guy? How can, how can Jay always be suspicious? How can Jimmy be so unassuming? How can Solo always be kind of in the background? Like, does he trust this guy? Where do his interests lie in this whole thing? How does Roman really feel about him? Where does Paul Heyman go into this equation? Like the fact that we're caring about how every single person in this group is reacting to this one newcomer is fascinating. And it made for fantastic television. Now, it, we seem to kind of know where it's going, 
but honestly, I'm just at this point, I'm just along for the ride. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really care where it ends up because right. I think at this point they've done too much good to just stumble and let it all go. I, I think the best acting of 2022 has to go to Solo Sokoa. <laughs> just yeah, otherworldly, not <laughs> breaking into laughter with the rest of the group. Like, I I was so confused when it first happened. I'm like, what is what is Jay doing with his face right now? Because he's trying to like mean mug and <laughs> chuckle at the same time. It was just, dude, Solo is I, he like he must have earplugs in or something because he knows no one's gonna talk to him the whole segment. Just remarkable. Alicia, what's sort of your big takeaway from the year of Sami Zayn? I, I love him so much. Wrestling often feels so stiff, and especially within WWE, it's so overscripted. It gets to the point where you just, I, I sometimes want to just like hit my head just to get away from how terrible things that are being said can be. But now that you have this combination of people, the communication is so free flowing. There's humor and they're goofing amongst one another. And I, I love when you see those real life elements actually put into something that is so, so fake. Let's be real. So I think kind of the biggest plus hands down of Sammy joining them is that it's given the bloodline more, more life and more of a platform for Sammy to kind of shine. Cause I feel like he went from that guy backstage that was making everyone laugh. You'd always see him in like the extra YouTube clips or people's reels or just wherever in these random videos doing the goofiest, most hilarious things and never really it being as extreme when on camera. Um, he had his moments, don't get me wrong in the past, but never quite like this where you're always focusing on him. So I, I love that so much. Um, I also feel like it's the perfect hype man though for bloodline because he isn't conceited yet he's enough of a star in himself where he doesn't fall into the background whatsoever where in a spot like that a position or role like that you easily easily could have um so it's just been really fun for me to kind of see it all unravel and the way that they work off of each other and i'm a huge like impractical jokers person so when i see people trying to make other people laugh in front of millions and they can do that it's it's so fun it's a playfulness that that was really um like the piece of the puzzle that was missing for me. So I feel like it covers the entertainment of sports entertainment that's missed so much. And he's bringing that to life while making everyone laugh along with not really like overshadowing. It's it's a very weird dynamic how it works so perfectly, but I'm glad that it was put into the universe because I'm loving it. Ella? I think um, I wrote an article about an interview Paul Heyman did. Um, and he basically was talking about, you know, his favorite, like, new creative of the new regime of WWE. And I think he kind of encapsulated perfectly by saying the emergence of a star named Sami Zayn really started the role of a great program, programming on WWE. Yeah, a little bit before the new regime started. But for me, as somebody who is not the biggest Roman Reigns fan, was not the biggest, you know, Bloodline fan going into this year or anything, it really was because of Sami Zayn that you know got me invested into the group and they you know it's crazy that this wasn't even the plan all along it just kind of naturally shuffled like again kind of like a Jamie Hayter situation where the person just organically drew a pop drew that respect from the crowd and it's really been beautiful to see him blossom into something and you know Connor said that we maybe expect where this story is going, but they've also been planting some seeds that it might go another way. Maybe Sami Zayn doesn't get promoted. I don't know. There's also been theories that Sami Zayn is going to get it taken away, and I feel like we'll find out more on this SmackDown episode. Do they overcome the Kevin Owens problem? There's so many ways they could go about this, I feel like, as to where before it was one linear goal, you know? Sami Zayn going to the top, overcoming Jey Uso's doubt. He proved himself at War Games, and now it's like 
I feel like there's a few routes they could go, and it's that uncertainty that keeps us reeling. That plus Sami Zayn's entertainment value, bringing that sports entertainment, that and that E in WWE that has really been clinging us and investing us and keeping us, you know, keeping us watching. As like Alicia <laughs> was saying, she wanted to bang her head. I definitely felt like that too at times. Yeah. No, it, no it, I feel like no matter how. Sorry, no, I'm no, so no. used to. No, no, you're gonna I'm, I'm here for you guys. I'm just trying to thread the conversation. Canadians, here. no, no, I'm sorry. No, please, I'm so sorry. No, I, I genuinely feel like I don't care which way they take it because as long as he's yeah. at the forefront and stays in that same position yeah. in terms of that that like cheerful character that you just you can't wait for him to come out. I don't care where it goes. I don't care if he's losing or winning. Who they put him with, just keep him in the spotlight, please. Yeah. Um. In in closing on this, you know, they say a rising tide lifts all boats, and I just love the trickle-down effect that it has. Guys, we're going into not this, I guess the week this comes out, the final SmackDown of the year. You've got Kevin Owens teaming up with John Cena in his 20th consecutive year of pro wrestling action against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. And I'm so, you know, I, I put out a tweet the other day, like, I don't know if the old regime would have just thrown John Cena into a throwaway segment just to say that they did it. You have him entering, at least in a small capacity, the biggest storyline WWE has had going on, I'd say, in years. And I love that Sami Zayn gets to be a benefactor of this based on the work that he's put in. I love that Kevin Owens is getting to step into the spot as well. It's so nice to see. And lastly, I don't care when it happens or how it happens or how long the reign is, but just give Sami Zayn that mankind moment. I just need to see one night of Sami Zayn as world champion and I can die a happy man. Guys, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you, Alicia, you, Ella, you, Connor, for joining me on this holiday wrap-up. I'm going to steal Chris Van Vliet's gimmick here to wrap <laughs> things up. Shout out to me. Okay. Uh, I would like one thing, either in pro wrestling or in general, that you're each grateful for. Um, I'll let whoever has one first kind of take the lead here. Uh, okay, mine's cheesy as hell, but like this year I feel like I've formed so many wonderful friendships due to wrestling. I know all of us can relate because we're all here together knowing each other for quite some time too. So I feel like for me, that's kind of been the best thing. One of my biggest partnerships is someone I met through wrestling. Um, it's really opened a lot of doors for me just in terms of my work, but also personally. So I think I'd have to go with the people that I've met throughout the last year just because of this wild, stupid, wonderful business. <laughs> Ella. I think I'm kind of along the same scope of Alicia. I feel like it's because of the people that I've met and connected with that. I mean, we formed great bonds, but also like them believing in me when I didn't like believe in myself, you know, like personally and professionally. And now getting because of those connections, been able to lift myself up and, you know, build a brand and now get to do this thing called wrestling full time is something I never would have happened. I feel like without those connections and those friendships and, you know, just everything so not to be like cheesy either like but I feel like yeah. there's so many great people in wrestling you know it's been in an in, in up and down year but looking at the positives yeah I'm definitely grateful for all the wonderful people that I've been able to connect with Connor I am grateful for the opportunities that I got this year because of a random tweet I spotted from Jerry Lynn earlier in the year uh, I have not only started my professional wrestling career, but I'm going to be on the ground floor of a new promotion that's launching here early next year, FXE. I'm going to be working with the creative team and be on camera in a, in a particular role that I'm very excited about. Um, you know, I never, 
for a, a myriad of reasons, I never saw myself actually getting into the business beyond what I do already, which is just covering it professionally. Uh, the fact that I'm going to actually get in on this um, is, a, is a childhood dream, and it's something I finally get to do, and I'm I am thrilled for whatever 2023 brings because it's going to be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, to, to kind of thread the needle between all of those, um, MMA is sort of the primary work that I do and, and pro wrestling sort of through kind of collaborating with Fightful and working for them for a period of time, just kind of like re-spark that interest. And while I really like MMA, WWE and WCW and, and TNA in my youth was like very much sort of the childhood obsession and to get to reintroduce it into my life in a way where I don't have to feel drudged down by covering it all the time but I've got you know for example I've got a bucket of action figures over there and every time I interview someone I go and I check if they're in the box so that's been kind of a cool thing to check off and I don't do a lot of like dirt sheet stuff so a few of the connections I have made with WWE superstars and AW wrestlers like it's just fun to talk to them dude I love that segment what went into that and just pick their brains and to kind of feel like you're on the inside a little bit um in a way for me where uh, uh, there is a funny one where uh, I asked the wrestler like yo so uh what are your plans and I meant for the holidays and they started <laughs> trying to like zig and zag to not give me any details about their about who they're signing with I'm like that's funny it's all good guys. it's all good yeah it's been fun it's been amazing getting to connect with you guys the wrestlers um, Sean Ross Sapp, thank you so much for keeping the production going. Jimmy Van, Fightful. If you haven't already, maybe you joined one of these lovely people over on the bandwagon. Please subscribe to Fightful, all the amazing work they do. Uh, they, they spotlight a lot of people inside the company and out, so we'd really appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Please let us know in the comments who are you, who are you laying some coal for, who are you handing out the candy for this holiday season. We'd love to hear from you. Happy holidays to everyone. Alicia, Ella, Connor, thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you guys in 2023 for hopefully not quite as much craziness. A lot more fun. We'll see. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.